Welcome to Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. I'm Ty Turley, and uh, I thought we should have some Star Wars theme music to heighten the importance of this podcast. It's fair use, right? We can just put John Williams' score behind this. I think so, yeah. Can you work on that? Uh, trying not to get sued this year. That's my 2020 resolution. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, we are uh, talking about. It would, at least it would mean they noticed us. They'd be like, oh, you talked about our movie? It, great. <laughs> no, we'd be like lawyers at Disney know about our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Which one of you dimed us in? That's amazing. Question. Yeah, exactly. We're accusing you guys, the listeners. <laughs> Uh, so we are talking about Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, uh, but before we get to that, we're going to give our recommendation for final movie in a series. This is a little, maybe a little abstract, but Ty, what what do you think up? Well, this, yeah, it's, uh, th- this brings up the existential question of when is a series over, you know? Ooh. Did you do Last Crusade? <laughs> no, but that's a good movie. I did Mission Impossible Fallout. Okay. I, I think if it's the most recent movie released, it counts. Okay. There's probably another Mission Impossible, but I love Mission Impossible Fallout so much. Okay. Yours? That's good. That's good. Uh, so I did think of Last Crusade, like, you know, caveat, 20 years later, they made a bad movie. But I am going to go with <laughs> the 20 years later good movie, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, that's a good that one. I think is excellent. Did you watch the original Mad Maxes? Uh, I've seen them. I have seen them all. Yeah. Okay, good choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's let's get into Star Wars. Um, I think I was pretty hyped for this movie, anticipating it, and uh, went to see it opening night. Yeah, indicating uh, that you love Star Wars probably a little bit more than I do. I yeah, I think that's that's definitely uh, true. And came away pretty disappointed from this movie. <laughs> and why? I think they tried to do so much like it, it narratively is moving so fast and uh, maybe the, the thing that's emblematic of it the most is how they, you know, indicate that Chewbacca is dead and then explain it away that there was another transporter that he was on that you never see. There's, there's no visual indication of that. They just couldn't kill him. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was pretty awful and no one, uh, there's no one loses an arm. There's no stakes, right? It doesn't get doesn't get real. I think that that's frustrating. Uh, Finn never explaining to Ray that he loves her, or, or what connected. he needed. What he needed to tell her when they think they're gonna die. Uh, yeah, I guess there are people. There are a couple of theories: either that, that he is force sensitive, or that he likes her. Uh, that she and Ben get together romantically. I thought that was strange. Wait, you didn't think that was coming the whole time? I don't know. I thought she and based on the first movie, I would have said she and Finn were going to be in a relationship. No way. I what? I I knew they were going to kiss. Uh, Kylo Ren or Ben oh. and Ray. They are you kidding me? You thought that they, they was just wanted to be like co presidents of the universe together, but dating other people? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. No way. No way. That one was not a surprise. That one was very satisfying to me, but but mostly I get what you're saying. I don't know if this is exactly what you mean by um, going too fast. Well, this is kind of different. My feeling was they just, they 
it felt very simple where each scene felt kind of predictable in this. And this group was just plodding along together. We didn't have the complexity I thought of other star Wars films. It just felt, I don't know. It just felt like uh, the exposition was heavy at the beginning to set us up for just this one thing. Well, to bring the emperor back when there's no indication of him in the other two movies of this trilogy to say he's built this super fleet of thousands of ships that are already manned by people like who's on them. I don't know. No, I don't think anyone was on them. I don't know. We never see anyone on them. Isn't no, uh, there were, well, sorry. Isn't Richard Grant's character on them. He's there at the end. Richard Grant is on the fleet. Yeah. They're on the one command ship. The one command ship is the only one we ever see on anyone on. Okay. But I guess I thought they were manned by, I mean, they're fighting. There are TIE fighters in the air. Well, there are TIE fighters. That's true. Well, that, yeah, I don't, okay. I don't know. No, me neither. That's my point. (laughs) It was ridiculous. There was, there were so many ridiculous things. I thought so many coincidences. The, The moment when I checked out was when they arrived at that desert planet and it was the one day every 42 years of the dance festival color, whatever festival. And I was like, what, (laughs) why, why are you making it such a ridiculous coincidence? Like, like, Oh, it's our, it's our Tuesday dance party. Then that's fine. Why why does it matter that it happens every 42 years? It's so bad. It's so, it just felt really tacky to me. Uh, And the setting them up as, Ray as Emperor Palpatine's granddaughter. That bothered you? Uh, so much. Because in the other movie, Ren, Kylo Ren tells her she's nobody. She's from nothing. Well, and he just discovers it. Sure, he <laughs> discovers it. But you could have had just as compelling of a story if the Emperor found out there was someone who was Force-sensitive and he wanted to steal her Force power to recover himself. Like he does eventually... When he steals Ray and Kylo Ren's, I don't know, force and becomes young again. Like, it, it could totally just be that he's looking for anybody that's force sensitive. Reed, is force sensitive a word that people use? I've never heard of that before. It's people who can use the force. It is a word that people use. <laughs> okay. It's not in the movies, though, right? <laughs> I don't know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just just side note. Interested in the in the nomenclature? All right. Force like does, doesn't that make sense? Like he could just be looking for anyone who uses the force to steal their life power. Why does it have to be his yeah. granddaughter? Well, okay. I agree with you. I get why they would write that though, because that makes it your destiny, which is the whole thing of, of star Wars. I, I mean, they're, they're just, there's, there's making uh, the thing I don't like about it is it's such a repeat of the story. They just repeat the same story over and over again for who knows why I don't understand that about star Wars where she has to confront her own relative, her own ancestor or whatever. But I feel like, I feel like JJ Abrams must've thought, Oh, that's the right thing to do. You repeat the same star Wars pattern, but it is just a repeat. Like why, why not just watch the empire strikes back and return of the Jedi? Like why do we need another trilogy? Yeah, no, I agree. But I don't know. And then I, I mean, maybe if I understood star Wars or the, or was, Maybe if I was more force sensitive myself, I would understand better. Why does, why does Kylo Ren slash Ben have to die? I didn't understand. And then, but then they just don't explain it. And Leia fades away at the same time as he does. 
And then Leia comes back as a hologram from the afterlife. But Kylo Ren should have come back too. He should have been standing there too, right? I think he should have been, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, he definitely could have come back. Or the the reason that he has to die, I think, is set up where, you know, he gave up his, you know, whenever you heal somebody, you have to give up a little bit of yourself. And Ray had died. So to heal her, he has to die. I don't know. I mean, talk, talking about people coming back, why does Han Solo come back as a real person, not as a force ghost? He doesn't, he's not force sensitive. <laughs> this is my favorite thing to say now. <laughs> then why does he come back at all? Is that just in Kylo's head? Yeah, he says it. I'm just your memory. It's just oh. to get Harrison Ford back in the movie. It's, yeah, I, I thought that was, I mean, yeah, has that happened before in Star Wars? Um, not that I'm aware of. Not like that. I think only force people have done that. Yeah, so silly. Also, I just feel like uh, uh, Ray starts the movie meditating and levitating. If she can really levitate, like, why is she not doing more all the time? Why doesn't she fly to the um, to the crash Death Star in the ocean? She doesn't need to take a boat. Like, show her using more force throughout the movie. Yeah, why is she climbing up and barely making it and scared of falling? When she can levitate, if she can stop transporters in the air, I mean, I just don't understand why. She, once you or give right, someone that crazy power, then you have then you have to explain why you're not using it all the time. Well, and if she's using it all, if she would have shown shown her using it all the time, it's like she's getting stronger all the time. Like this is kind of amazing how strong she is in the power. Yeah, but they don't. And did she think? Did she think that she was gonna? I mean, is she more powerful in the Force than? Whoever her grandpa is, Emperor Palpatine. It's not very clear. I, mean, I guess I guess she is because she defeats him in the end. Does she? Isn't he dead? Well, he's dead, but you don't think it's really her? Well, I can't tell. I don't know why. Why did he? Why was the Emperor immediately able to suspend her and Ben in the air? I just hated that. That's how it started. Because I was like, wait, what? Why didn't they? They didn't have a chance to do anything. Well, it's like they're weak on their own, and then she gets all the history. You know, they have all those other Jedi voices whispering, you know. But she had all those. She had them. They were all with her to begin with. But maybe she wasn't tapped into it. Uh, I don't want to. De- I don't want to defend it because it's bad. It's just bad. It's it bad. was just. It was just. There were several times when I was watching this where I just laughed. Not not because they were intentionally funny. Just because I was like, but whatever. <laughs> when the when the um. When Dominic Gleason announced that he's the spy, that was so ridiculous. Well, just the way he does it, like it was me. Yeah, so like kind of weirdly gleeful. It that was way too convenient. I hated that too. Well, he's so evil in the first movie. Yeah, he's so evil, and 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 it's like you're subverting all that. Like revel in the evilness of him. Don't don't subvert it and pull pull that pleasure that we get out of him being a threat out from underneath us. Well, cause like he could have played that role of the other commander. Like he, I mean, he could have been the one that was on like working with the emperor Palpatine. Like they brought in Richard price or no, it's I don't know what his name is. Richard Grant. Yeah. I was like, well, where's this guy been? <laughs> he does seem exactly like a, uh, an empire uh, general though. He does that well. British. I, loved, I loved him. 
I mean, have you been reading about the reaction to this movie or how people have, have taken it? No, I haven't. I'm not that interested. Why? What's up? I think generally what I, what I've heard is maybe, maybe a mixed reaction to be fair. There are some people that enjoy it, but I think critically it's not, not been, not been treated very, or it's not been received very well. Yeah. It's like a 55 on Rotten Tomatoes. I know that. Yeah. What do you, I don't understand the, um, well, there's just lots of, there's lots of storylines that don't pay off. We've already mentioned several. There's the relationship with the other stormtrooper um, that rides the horses or teaches them how to ride them. That doesn't pay off into them coming together. There's Poe, or yeah, and his girlfriend, and that doesn't well, she, pay. And that doesn't pay off. Like this is she the also end of does. The, she also doesn't die. Like right, like she's also there at the end. She's there at the end somehow. Yeah, like didn't die on the planet, even though her planet was destroyed. And you think she was? She by by all intents and purposes, she should have been killed. Exactly. It's like they they're afraid to actually end any potential future storyline. But then also, but why they shouldn't for the ninth film in the trilogy and the one that they're really kind of ending on, you shouldn't leave eight open stories. I and I, people have also been theorizing that this is because. Some of these characters are going to come back for a, a Disney Plus show. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll transfer some Star Wars storylines and characters to that. And not have them be in movies, but have them be in series. Because The Mandalorian has done really well. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will, I guess. But it's like, if they make a show about that other Stormtrooper going through the galaxy, finding her family, like... I'm going to be so upset that we wasted 15 minutes of this movie setting up that, that storyline that had no, no payoff for this movie. Yeah. Well, okay. But I mean, that's the trade-off you're making on these movies. We're, we're not watching a movie. We're watching a branding exercise. And it's sad to say that. I don't know if, if the movie is not more successful, I think I'm going to be less engaged with it. But maybe I'm I'm out of the target audience at this point. Yeah. I mean, I think that they're going to make they're making so much money off of this. I don't know. I wonder how much it bothers them that they have a 55 on Rotten Tomatoes. I wonder how much that that's ever going to hurt JJ Abrams. I don't know. Don't you think he wants to make something people like or maybe he's happy if he likes it? I don't know. I think these are he made obviously bad screenwriting choices. I don't understand. I just don't understand how someone with his experience could do this yeah that is it, it is just hard to think that this is what they spent you know probably 250 million dollars making uh, it's just like you should be able to hire the best story writers and yeah this super clunky exposition dialogue at the beginning or the first half of the film where i just want to like i don't know I, I actually i did have the thought when i was leaving the theater i want to go back and watch uh, the first two or three Star Wars films and see if this is how they did it. Cause I hated it. The, how it just, yeah. it just set it up exactly. So I knew exactly how the film was going to end at the beginning. And I hated that. I wanted there to be some mystery or some twists or some, or, or, or just revealing itself through action, not through dialogue. And they do this other thing where they set up that the spy lets them know that the, the Empire's fleet is going to be operational in like 16 hours. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's just, so bad. It's like, give say two weeks. I don't know. Well, Just, it's like, okay, we got it. We got four hours now or we got 16 hours. I'm like, oh my gosh. 
Okay. Like, thank, thank goodness you got this information today and not tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they just, they go to so many different planets. You're, you're on these places for 10 minutes at a time. I mean, it, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they want to show people that there is this larger universe, but yeah, I'd rather just have more invested time in fewer locations. They did a ton of callbacks and kind of like um, curtain calls, like for the Ewoks at the end, as soon as they announced where the, where the Sith was building their thing. Cause I was like, Oh, they're, they're just doing that for the pleasure of seeing Ewoks again. And then you yeah. go back and you see those little Furby um, penguin bird things, you know, yeah. They get back to that planet because I think, I don't know, I'm being, I was a little bit not in a good mood at this point of the film, but I was like, okay, J.J. Abrams, you think you'd really made clever, cute animals in number one, so, or number, whatever that is, seven. Right. If, if that's the only thing that happens at the end of the movie, it's fun. It's a callback. It's fan service. But if it's the 15th thing that happens like that, it it's gross. I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a big kind of fan um I don't know, like worry that at the end of a new hope, the very first star Wars movie, um, Han and Luke get medals, but Chewbacca does not get a medal for when they blew up the first death star. Okay. And in this movie to have Leia give, give Chewbacca her medal, like as she's died, or like, I think it's after she died, they're like, Leia wanted you to have this. And it's like, he finally gets his medal is so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you're like you're like no i like that one no i didn't know anything about that i didn't know that was a controversy or whatever it's lost on me yeah well so maybe yeah maybe if it, if you don't know as much or you're not into it, in it as much it's not so bothersome but and maybe some star wars fans would say though that's awesome it's great that chewbacca got his medal finally but for me it's just like no that's not what i'm i'm here for a good movie a good story yeah. Yeah, it wasn't good. Not a good movie. Um, okay, Ty. Are there other things that you liked or disliked that we haven't gotten to yet? No. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. know. I can't think of anything else. <laughs> uh, I know you're. I maybe I'll, I'll ask one final question. You're, you know, you're not the biggest Adam Driver fan, but how did how did he do in this movie for you as Kylo Ren? Uh, that's an interesting question. I mean, he's he's this is I would say he's least annoying in these kind of films where his character is supposed to be kind of dark and brooding and it helps that he's huge and kind of weird. He's very well cast in this role, I think. And yeah. probably the the strongest part of this movie, I would say. Yeah, Ray's kind of boring. I don't know. She's boring to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I, well, and I think Poe Poe could be so interesting, but he just keeps getting shut down. Anyway, he was supposed to die in the first one and then they just couldn't do it. <laughs> what do you mean? They couldn't do it. I don't know. They're like, oh, fans will like him or people. He's a marketing opportunity. I, that's what I've heard. He was originally supposed to die. Okay. Interesting. Because then Finn takes his place in that role of that like pilot, that kind of character. And then they're redundant and they do these weird three person hugs because there's no. <laughs> that was your so relationships. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. All right. Uh, what are you going to rate Star Wars Rise of Skywalker out of five, Ty? Well, okay. Actually, before I say that, there was, I remember thinking this also as I was watching the credits. 
I don't want to just dump on this movie because it's really hard to make something as huge as they've made. I mean, it takes a lot of work. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate that they were trying hard. I'm going to give them a two. Yeah. Uh, okay. Me, me as well. Uh, also a two. I mean, it's not, I don't know. I'm happy they made a star Wars movie. There are things I liked. We talked about a lot of the frustrating things because I think that is the general feeling I came out of it with, but not, I mean, it's not, it's not an awful movie, I guess. It is, and it's just really hard to do what they did. Right. So many moving pieces, so many vested kind of people you're trying to please. That, that's that's got to be very challenging. Yeah. Okay, Ty. What else are you going to recommend for our listeners? Well, I got, uh, as a Christmas present, a subscription to Spotify, which was very nice. And I got the student one because I'm a student. And it came with Showtime. And I watched on Showtime Back to Life. Did you ever watch that? No, I don't know that one. It's a half hour comedy. There's just six episodes, a British BBC show about this woman who comes back to her small town after she has been in prison for 18 years. And it's pretty good. I, I think it's worth three hours of your time. So you, you said comedy. It's a comedy. Yeah. It's a dark, <laughs> it's a dark comedy. Sure. Yeah. Where she okay. has to, you know, she, well, I won't spoil this one since apparently we don't do spoilers in our recommendations. She, the, it's kind of a mystery why she went to prison and that unfolds over the three or over the six episodes. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, for me, I'm going to recommend a different book uh, by David Balducci called The Hit. And it's about like a, a U.S. assassin who has a job go bad and then has to figure out kind of who's out to get him. Okay. Sounds like a good premise. Yeah, I think it, it moves quickly. Uh, the, the chapters are really short. I don't, I don't get why he, I don't know. There's like a hundred chapters. And I was like, oh my gosh, this book's going to be so long. And then some of them will be just two or three pages. So it, it moves quick, but uh, just the structure of like, you're jumping between different perspectives or different situations pretty fast. So I, I guess I, I like that you don't get kind of stuck in one thing or it's not overly descriptive or exposition-y. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. I'll have to read uh, a book again. Shoot. <laughs> they're, they're not so bad. It's been a while. <laughs> um, well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. Bye. Oh, see you later. Bye.